Amen. Thank you. That was beautiful. Amen. Let's turn, please, to uh, Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. Appreciate the orchestra and the Christmas program as well. That was just a, just a beautiful job. What a, what a blessing. Nehemiah chapter 8, and we'll be looking at verse 18. We're looking today at the last day, the last day. This is the last day of 2023, so we're looking at that topic today. And Brother Jim, would you lead us in prayer, please, sir? Number, or excuse me, Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 18. Also day by day, from the what? The first day unto what? The last day. He read in the book of the law of God, and they kept the feast seven days. And on the eighth day was a solemn assembly according unto the manner. So, well, we're, here we are, the last day of this year. Uh, how many times this year did you write the wrong date when we started out? Well, we've, get, we've got to work on that shortly here about a new date, 2024, Lord willing. But the best way to be found doing the right thing on the last day is to do the right thing on what day? Every day, the first day, right? In verse 18, it says, also day by day from the first day, Unto the last day, he read in the book of the law of God. And then so from the first day to the last day, every day, it says, also day by day from the first day unto the last day, they read in the book of the law of God. But what about, but what about if we didn't start out doing the right thing on January 1st of this year? Well, then we need to start today. Better having done right one day than zero days. So what an encouragement uh, this is. Also day by day, from the first day unto the last day, he read in the book of the law of God. And that's what we want to do. Notice uh, in Matthew chapter 21, Matthew chapter 21, as we think about there's a great multitude of people that did not get saved this last year. Some did, but many did not. So what about, what should they do? Well, Matthew 21 and verse 28, But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, What? I will not. But afterward, he what? Repented and went. And he came to the second and said, likewise. And he answered and said, what? I go, sir. And what? Went not. Whether of them twain did the will of his father, they say unto him, 
the first. Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him. And ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward that ye might believe him. So <clears throat> what, about, what about the people that did not start out this year doing right, and maybe have not done right the whole year? Well, we urge them today to be like this first son, even though, even though they may have said to God all year long, I will not today. Today is the day to say, I will do, I will do the right thing. What if Jesus came back today? What if we made, never made it to 2024? Well, um, back in Nehemiah chapter 8 there, in verse 18, some thoughts for us. Number one, what would you like to be found reading on the last day? Okay, so this is the last day of this year. What would you like to be found reading? If the Lord should come back today, what, is, what would you want to be found reading if he came back today? Well, I think it'd probably be pretty unanimous. We would want to be found reading this. Uh, there's, there's, there's all kinds of news. I was going to say newspaper, but I don't, I guess few people read the newspaper anymore. They get their uh, news online so many times, but there's so many other things to read. The Bible tells us of the making of many books, there is no end. But if the Lord came back today, I would want to be found reading the Bible. That's what I'd want to be found reading. And as, as Nehemiah 8.18 says again, also day by day from the first day unto the last day, he read in the book of the law of God. I hope that if the rapture happens in my lifetime, and if at that moment I am where I am reading something, I pray that I'm reading the word of God. Notice in Job chapter 23, Job chapter 23. Um, if it's in the morning and if I have more Bible reading to do and I'm eating breakfast, then I'll, I'll pray, Lord, Thank you for this food, and I'll often say, and thank you especially for this food. And then sometimes I'm tempted to take a bite of food and eat it before I actually open this, and I think, what did I just pray? I just prayed, thank the Lord for the food to eat, but I said, and especially for this, so which should I eat first? <laughs> I better open this and start reading before I start eating of the regular food. So in Job 23, uh, 12, Job 23, 12, Job says, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth, which would be the Bible, more than what? My necessary food. So that's what Job said. What did Jesus say in Matthew 4? Matthew chapter 4. What did he say about the word of God? So if the last thing we read tonight, if God tarries us coming and allows us to live, or the last thing we would be, want to be found reading for the rapture, Matthew 4, 4. 
But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by what? Bread alone, but by every what? Word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You know, it's, it's so wonderful to have um, Christians, if you have Christians in your home that you can fellowship with and encourage you in the right things, but not everyone. Do you realize in this world there are many homes where one person in the family is saved and there's no encouragement in the things of God for them? And David faced that um, on one occasion, at least no encouragement, that is. Um, notice in 1 Samuel 30, 1 Samuel 30, the Philistines had told David, um, you know what, we're going to go fight a battle and you need to go with us. And he said, okay. Um, but he went and the leaders of the Philistines decided they didn't want David there because in the battle he might decide to be reconciled with his master and turn against them. So they said, send David and his men back home. So he was sent back home. And when they got home, they found out their city was burnt and all their families were taken captive. So that's where we pick up in 1 Samuel 30, verse 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women, what? Captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives, and what? Their sons, and what? Their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of what? Stoning him. These are his own people, his own men. They spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David, what? Encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. David was the leader. It wasn't David who burned their city. It wasn't David who took all their families hostage. It was the enemy. While they were gone, the enemy, the Amalekites, came and did it. But seeing David was the leader, they were mad at him. And there was no one there to encourage him. But it says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. There are times in life when each of us are going to be in situations uh, where there's no other Christians around to encourage us. What will we do in those times? That's where we need the word of God. Notice in Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41. This verse has special blessing in my heart. Uh, when Sandy and I were married and I had to leave her in the hospital uh, when we were expecting Jeremy, this is the verse that God encouraged my heart. I needed it. Isaiah 41.10, fear thou not, for what? I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. 
I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. So the last day, this is the last day of this year. What would, what should be the last thing we read on this day? I hope it's the word of God, just like these people in Nehemiah chapter 8. The last thing we'd be in. What about speaking? What would we want to speak? The last thing on this day of this year, last day of this year. What if the rapture? What would we want to be found saying if Jesus came back? I remember I, I had on the sign. Uh, it says, I saw you do that. And then I had God. I went into a gas station and I gave a guy a gospel track. And he said to me, he said, is that the church that's, yeah? And he says, oh, he says, oh, I got a creepy feeling. He says, I threw a cigarette out the window, and then I read that sign. <laughs> I saw what you just did. <laughs> uh, what would we want to be found saying at the last the last thing before Jesus comes, or the last thing of this year. Um, notice in Acts 7, Acts chapter 7. Acts seven fifty four. Acts seven fifty four. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. And this is talking about Stephen. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Well, there are several things in his last words here that I'd like to just point out that spoke to my heart. Uh, one thing uh, was when he, when he said in verse 55, but he being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into where? Heaven. And saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and what? Said. So he's speaking these words. Behold, I see what? The heavens open. And who? The Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. So some of his last words, was, he was talking about heaven. And I, I pray that uh, my last words on this earth will be talking to someone about heaven and about the Son of God. That's what some of his last words we're getting right down to the end before he died. He's talking about heaven. He's talking about Jesus. 
There's so much, as Brother Steve mentioned in Sunday school, there's so much bad news everywhere. And uh, I, just, I just pray that we can all be found talking about the good news, that Jesus saves, uh, that there's a wonderful place called heaven. Um, so that was part of the thing. <clears throat> Another, uh, this doesn't really have to do with words. Well, it does have to do with words, but verse 55 says, but he being full of what? The Holy Ghost. I pray that it's, it's our attitude that brings out our words. And I just, I just pray that not only on my last day and my last moments, but all the time, I would be full of the Holy Ghost, not full of myself or full of anger or full of this world. I pray it would be controlled. Being filled with the Holy Ghost is, is being controlled by Him. Be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So when, when a person is filled with wine, a person is controlled by the Holy Spirit. When, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are controlled by the Holy Spirit. That is the thought. And then also in verse 57 there, uh, when they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord, um, and then in verse 59, and they stoned Stephen, what? Calling upon God. What do we call that act? When we call upon God, what, what are we doing? We're praying. We're praying. So some of his last words were praying to God. And as we close out this year, Will, our la- will some of our last words be talking about the Lord in heaven? Will some of our last words be calling out to God? Will some of our last words on this day be praying? He was praying. You notice there wasn't any doubt in his mind. In verse 59, and, and they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, what? Receive my spirit. So there was no doubt in Stephen's mind where he was going. No doubt. Lord Jesus received my spirit. He'd already settled, as the song says, that account long ago, Stephen had. And now he was, Lord Jesus received my spirit. There was great confidence. And I pray that would be us as well, having received the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, having put our faith in him, our trust in him, not having any confidence in the flesh, No confidence in our own self-righteousness, but having put all of our account on Jesus Christ and his shed blood, at that moment, there's no talk about, well, I hope you receive me, Lord. No. He said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And that's the same confidence God wants us to have resting on his word. I pray that my words in that day would be confidence in the Lord and no doubts, but confidence in him. And then in verse 60, as I pondered this passage, it says, and he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, and then what? Lay not this sin to their charge. What was he saying? It was forgiveness. His last words were forgiveness. Lord, the people that are murdering me right now, lay not this sin to their charge. What a wonderful 
testimony. I, I pray that our words like Stephen's, when it comes down to it, would be forgiveness. I can recall when uh, hospice was taking care of Dad Verberg and they were talking to Mom Verberg and, and the hospice nurses was saying, if, if you have any, um, I don't know how she worded that. I don't know if she said if you have any things you want to get right with each other or uh, settle. I don't know how she worded that, but she was letting Mom Verberg know um, it's, it's, it's time. There's not much time left. What, if there's anything to get right, do it now. Do it now. They had a talk that night. I remember she said that. And then the next morning, he was just like totally out of it, and he passed away. Um, wow. There's a time to, to make things right. It's, it's now. And Stephen, I mean, he, he didn't want to die cursing anyone. He didn't want to die hating anyone. Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Uh, it reminds me of in Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians 4 and verse 26, the Bible tells us, be angry and what? Sin not. Let not the sun go down upon what? Your wrath. So we need to make sure that we do that because we never know what day may be our last day. Uh, with Dad Verberg, he communicated freely that night, but not the next day. Um, he couldn't the next day. And it may be the same with us. We don't know. As I told in Sunday school, we talked to a lady yesterday, and, and uh, she told us that her dad was a Baptist preacher, and she told us where the church was down in East Beltline, and, and she said at 43, he had some type of heart issue, and so they went to the doctor, and the doctor checked him out, and he said, you can go home, and I don't know, brother, let's see, was it within a couple hours? An hour. Um, he had a massive heart attack, and he died, and the doctor later on was so apologetic, but he did not have the equipment to test. It was the back side of his heart where something happened. They did an aut autopsy and found out. And so 43 years of age, he died. And um, we, we just don't know uh, how much time. A, a doctor may say, boy, you are in great shape. And we may die that very day. We, we just don't know. Only God knows. So now is the time um, to let not the sun go down upon our wrath um, to make things right. Let's go to Luke 23. So we, we don't want to let the sun go down upon our wrath. We want to be like Stephen. We want to tell people, Lord, forgive them. And you know, sometimes people say, well, 
You don't have to forgive people till they ask. Uh, that's not what Stephen did. Stephen, Stephen didn't say to those guys, hey, if, if you'll just ask me to forgive you, I'll forgive you. They were killing him. They weren't about to apologize or anything, but he forgave them. Lord, forgive them. Lord, forgive them. In Luke 23, verse 39, we shouldn't let this day in, the last day of this year, knowing that anyone has anything against us or we against them, but especially in regard to us and God. Verse 39, And one of the male factors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed what? Justly. For we receive the due reward for what? Our deeds. But this man, referring to Jesus, hath done what? Nothing amiss. So he's admitting, he's saying, listen, buddy. So the Bible tells us that Jesus was in the midst, these two thieves on either side of him. One of the thieves, actually at the beginning, if we looked in a parallel passage, both of them were criticizing, railing on Christ at one point. But at one point, this one decided to repent. And so he rebukes the other guy. He says, hey, we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. We are sinners. We deserve to die. But this man, Jesus, hath done nothing to miss. He was admitting that Jesus is sinless, that he's perfect. Verse 42, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, what? Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. You may say, what is the significance of that? Is that how you get saved? Saying, Lord, remember me. Well, you got to look at the context. What all was he saying? He was admitting he's a sinner. He's admitting that Jesus is the Savior. He's the perfect Savior. And when he says, "Jesus, Lord Jesus, Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Jesus says, what is his situation? He's nailed to a cross. Jesus is dying. And this man, this man dying next to him is saying, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Can a dead person be a king and reign? No. So what is he admitting? What is he confessing? He's confessing that he believed that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. Can President Reagan be our president again? No. Why? Because he died. He died many years ago. Only a living king can reign. So that's what he's confessing, the resurrection. Verse 43, And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, when? Today shalt thou be with me where? In paradise. Is it possible to know for sure that we're saved and going to heaven before we die? Yes, indeed. This man did. How is it possible? By confessing that we are sinners by confessing that we deserve to die for our sin, and then by confessing that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, the perfect sinless one, the one who died and rose again by placing our faith in him. Yes, this man, this thief knew. Ooh, can, can you imagine in eternity the other thief who refused to repent is still suffering in hell right to this day? 
But the repentant one is with the Lord and has been with the Lord for all these years. So the decisions, the last day, this is the last day of this year. And I pray that God would help us um, to read the right things, to say the right things, to, to have the right heart attitude and to be right with God, to have our sins forgiven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, you brought us to the end of another year that years ago we, we would have never dreamed that this year would even come, but it's here. And if you tarry your coming and allow us to see it, another year is almost here. And Father, I pray if there should be any here this morning who have never been saved, Lord, help them today to be like this repentant thief, to cry out to you, confessing their sin, to confess that you are indeed God in the flesh, the perfect, pure, sinless Son of God, the one who died for our sins, the one who was buried and rose again in victory from the grave. And I pray you'd help us as Christians as we, we ponder the last day of this year. Lord, we just want to be thoroughly right with you. We want to please you. Lord, we're looking forward, we say, to go to heaven. But heaven is a perfect place. Heaven is a place where your word is followed. Your will is done. And you, pray, you ask us, Lord, to pray that your will would be done in earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we do want to sincerely pray that. We want your will in our lives to be done even as your will is done in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn, please, to 250.